This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. We are mid-international break. Time to take stock on the Blue Monday podcast. Get off the mic today, actually. Desire. It's quite, it's quite a note to reach every time when, when the music plays. It's a good thing we're muted. Hello, welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. A nice chilled out episode where we can take stock on the games played so far and a very busy period for Ipswich coming up. Indeed, when we're busy, we need Joe Fairs to keep us across everything. How are you, Joseph? Yeah, good. Sort of, I've survived the. Great summer of 2023. <laughs> and of course, they waited until your kids were back at school, right? Just what we needed. They'll be sort of murder to get up in the morning because there's heat stroke and the like. You know. <laughs> David Diamond. What, what do you yeah, know, Dave? I'm all right. Thanks, mate. Yeah, likewise, I think summer officially finishes tomorrow. I think we might have one more day of it and that's about it, really. But what a week. It's been a sculpture. What a scorcher. And few, hello. Thank you, everybody in the chat. Watching on YouTube, you can watch the Blue Monday podcast live on YouTube every Sunday night. If you do, give us your opinion on what we're talking about. We'll put as many of them up on the screen as possible. We might even read some of them out. Please don't cry if I don't do either of those things. If you're listening after the fact, if you're old school podcast um, audio feed listener, we love you just as much. And a big hello from everybody. And it's a big hello from us to everybody. And it's a big hello from Axel to Anzavi to Ipswich Town. Joseph, your first thoughts, and then we'll have a look back at what he's done in his career and what we think. I think it's the, I guess everyone's at the same view, it's a brilliant signing if he can stay fit, isn't it? That's the, the, the only thing coming over him is his sort of injury record in recent years. But the sort of pedigree, the quality of signing is right sort of at the very top of what you well probably higher than what you could expect to get at this level as a newly promoted what, what, league what do you mean by size. that Joe? well when you look at his history it's it's playing in a team that's been promoted out of this league which was like a championship all-stars 11 when he was at aston villa and playing in the champions league playing a lot of games 
sort of comparatively for Man United in the Premier League, in the Champions League, in the in the Cups. And I don't know, you just listen to his interview when he signs and it's me and my camp, we're doing this. And it's like, oh, we are at an... We're at the next level now with players you're trying to bring in. These you know, aren't... David Diamond's got a camp, don't you? <laughs> yeah. There are no, there are no sort of easy deals to do anymore now, are they? It's we are now in the sort of, I wouldn't like to use the word prima donna stage because it's not what I mean. But every everything at this stage is very much they they have their opinions and you've got to sell it to them. It's not like oh, okay, we're we're, we're going to pay you more than anyone else is going to pay you, so come and sign for us. It's they've got to be buying into the project and. All that jazz, Dave. Um, first, first thoughts, and then we'll look properly at the um, career history. Yeah, very much as Joe said. Uh, you know, and it's certainly uh, what a great sign. And but yeah, there, yeah, a big if against it. If if we can get him fit, he's he's an absolute marquee signing, isn't he? And you know, just you, would you go that far, Dave? Marquee. Well, I think I think he perhaps could be, couldn't he? You know, if he, I mean, look at his look at his look at his background, look at his upbringing, look at his background, and we've all seen. Okay, perhaps it's just a YouTube clip. His um, his fantastic bit of defending against Mbappe about, admittedly, about four seasons ago. So look, clearly, there's a very very good player. From what we understand, he was, um, I think, trialing with with Luton. Maybe I think it was at Luton for a week, but apparently couldn't. Couldn't agree terms, so we understand. Um, <laughs> Dave, I, Dave I, is that couldn't, couldn't couldn't agree terms? Is that diamondish for Luton wouldn't pay him what he wanted? Yeah, I think probably is right, <laughs> isn't it? But um, look, just look, and I looked at his actually his injury record, and they've all been different different injuries. Not one constant there. I think he had the standard metatarsal way back. That may have been the start of his injuries, but yeah, I think the longest spell he's had out was with an ankle injury, and then the last injury he had, which was earlier this year, from January to July, and it just had against it unknown so yeah don't quite know what was going on there but yeah i know we're going to get onto the squad in a little while but um yeah could be a very very good signing so i'm glad you said four years ago because i can't offer a great deal to this conversation what i can tell you is what i saw four years ago because i went to a few aston villa games so we're talking 2018 19 aston villa as joe um, called him a championship all-star side. I know, I know what he means. Um, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong in the chat, he would have come mid-season into Villa. I don't remember him being there under Brucey at the start. Is that right, I think, played, I think he played 25 games. So that would be the second half of the season, you right, wouldn't so. it, including yeah. playoffs? Yeah. yeah I, can't um, recall him. I can't recall him starting that season and then getting, getting an injury. I think he played constantly. When he got in the side, he played constantly, I think. So I went to I went to all the playoff games. I went to all three of Villa's playoff games, and I went to a few games towards the end of the season. And it was a good friend of ours. It was Tyrone Mings and Axel Duanzebi, and it was Dean Smith. And um, they played very, very much um, through him. Joe is right. They did have one Jack Grealish playing on the left wing, one Tammy Abraham playing up yes. front. Yes, John McGinn. John McGinn, yeah. In, right, yeah, which helps in the a gargantuan wage bill, but he was very, very good. Um, that was four years ago. Um, Joe, what's your response to that? And also, Manchester United, for 10, 12 years after the class of 92, were the team for buying youngsters off. And people would overpay a lot for, I don't know, Michael Twiss or Eric Neverland or, you know, whoever used to sign on football manager from... Man United squad. Man United aren't the kings of developing players anymore. Now, that's very much Chelsea um, 
and others, Liverpool, Man City, they're the ones that really get the big money. Um, so, yes, I do agree um, that the calibre and the standard is high. This would be a very different story if he was at one of those clubs. Do you agree with that sentiment? And what's your take on my four years ago? Um, I, I, th- I think the problem is Man United has just been terrible at selling players more than, more than anything. That's probably why they haven't got good value for young players that have come through. So they've always had the talent coming through. And I think Tuan Zabi was a player that is one that was always highly, highly thought of. He was always a captain through the age groups, England through the age groups. I think he's even captained their first team in a EFL Cup game previously. And I think he's just one that's just lost his way a bit, but he's sort of maybe not had some well-managed loans in that he's sort of gone to Stoke and not played much there and sort of the, the pointless loan to Napoli, which you've seen a few players go where they go to Serie A for a year. Who's, and just, who's managing don't him play. there, Joe? I don't know, I'd guess. I've um, no idea, yeah. Sort of Sarri, was it? Was it at the time he was there? I, I don't know. I don't know. But um, yeah, and you see this quite often. English players go to Italy for a loan and just don't play at all. And it's, I know, just a. Wa- I don't know if he was injured or not, but it's just a waste of a season. And you're now getting to a stage where he's what twenty four now, twenty five, and he's just got such little senior football under his belt. But then you could say the same about Nathan Broadhead, who's a similar age and has played sort of mm. 60, 70 career games. Where there, there's obviously you look at the you look at all four loan or sort of the three loan players and two and Zabri bought them with Scarlett Williams Hutchinson. They're, they're all top club academies youth internationals, that sort of real high calibre, high potential players. And it's just picking them up at late, different stages of their journey, isn't it? And this is one that we're able, we've been able to pick up on a permanent transfer where I think people would have thought you'd be mad if you, at any point you'd have said, oh, he's going to drop down as low as he effectively has dropped down now. Dave, can I just add to what, I agree totally with everything Joe just said. And can I add... These are the high caliber players. There's always going to be a question mark for us to be able to get them because if there's no question mark, they're Cameron Archer and they're going to Sheffield United for 20 million yeah. quid, aren't was, they? That's the, that's the difference, right? I mean, even up to the last minute, there was sort of rumours that he was talking to Real Betis and, and things like that. And, you know, it seemed, seemed certainly from our Telegram group and I think some comments on the TWTD forum that oh, if Real Betis are in for him, then that's it. He's, he's sort of done. Whether that was agent talk up or not, I don't know. You've got me thinking know. about Finidi George now, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. And but, Denison. Um, yeah, but... Look, as as I said, it could just could be the signing, that fantastic signing. But yeah, get him fit and let's and let's see. Straight in the team, Joe. Well, we're going to do squad depth in a minute, but um, the lads in the chat there, lads and lasses, excuse me, in in the chat there are debating what they think the um, salary might be, considering um, it's a free transfer and uh, whether it's whether it's possibly on the on the higher end of the scale. Remember, FFP does apply to us very very much so, and. Um, Promotion bonuses are are real, Joe. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think he's signed here to sit on the bench and try and work his way into the team. I imagine it would just be a case of getting him up to speed. I don't know, sort of probably around that sort of Wolves game, twenty sixth of the month, is it? So yeah. two and a half weeks is that the is that the time when he sort of got himself up to speed and you maybe give him his first start in that game and go from there because we've got a free game week before then, haven't we? We've got Sheffield Wednesday, Southampton, Blackburn, haven't we? And then into the Wolves Oof. game. I think but, it yeah, is like. After this week, it's like seven games in 21 days, isn't it? Really yeah, sort of, sort of those three games, three game weeks, and there's sort of two or three of them, or sort of 
a three game week, a two game week, a three game week in there. So that he's definitely going to get opportunities to play soon. It's just, I guess, it's just the where, the who for, the how. How does his body stand up to it? There's a there's a lot of questions, but the best thing that I say that the hope with signing a player of that quality with the sort of injury is that he comes in and plays 25, 30 games this season, gets in the team and just gets rolling like Luongo did last season. He was one we were told has got a bad injury record and he's come in the team. It took him a little while to get up to our maybe fitness levels, all his conditioning that he's done sort of himself with the team. And then he's sort of come in the team and looked as robust as anything, hasn't he? David, yeah. we've been a bit spoilt with the Luongo example and the broadhead. Exactly. One think, of these is I not going to work it. out and it's going to be think, more, more well, Tom yeah. Adeyemi than Massimo well, Luongo. Well, yeah, you'd, you'd hope not. I mean, Luongo was the one, wasn't he? You know, we didn't really see him. He signed and there's almost, he signed it, not passed people by, but oh, Luongo's come back fine. He was kind of, you know, free agent or been released by been released by Middle, Middlesbrough. I'll, I'll hold my hand up to that, Dave. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was, but, I was you know, that, you, almost, yeah. that one almost slipped under the radar. And then, um, yeah, I think as Joe Cole rightly said, thinking back, probably took him a month to really get up to speed and sort of uh, some, you know, um, sub sub appearances. Obviously, I think his first game of, of first was he first um, came on against Burnley, I think, in the cup and soon got up to speed. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Wolves game, you'd, you'd think could be ideal. What's that? Two and a half weeks away, as Joe said, um, two and a half weeks of training, conditioning. Yeah, you'd think that would be the ideal game to, if he's up to it, to throw him in and, and, and see what he's about, really. But it's, it's potentially a very exciting signing, isn't it? It just is. It is very much so if we get... And yeah, I'll, I'll reiterate my point. We're, we're used to kind of getting quite close to the maximum upside for a lot of our signings lately, aren't we? And yeah. as, as I try and point out to guys, I did a um, a star ranking on my YouTube channel of every championship club's business. And literally every fan of every club thinks their transfer business is four stars or more. Yeah, every cool. single one without yeah. fail. Everyone I, I don't know. I think it's either, I either think the, it's four or five stars or it's one star. There's no or zero. Yeah. No, there's no sort of in between. Is there? Exactly right. Everyone thinks everything's going to work out. Joe, why did it, why did it take um, until past the end of End of deadline, do you think? I think we were trying for other players right until the end of the window and sort of working the sort of a few different irons in the fire, but there was just less pressure to get the deal done because of his status as a free agent, so that you didn't need to register in the squad before that deadline. So once you were not going to get the transfer done, there was no need to try and rush that deal through on the on the Friday night. It was going to be just done in its own time from there. Yeah, 100%. And uh, the, positive, that, the, the positive thing here is the coach. You know, McKenna knows him. McKenna knows him pretty much, I should imagine, from the academy fairly, certainly in his formative years in, inside out. So he knows his character, knows what he's about. Um, I don't think you can underestimate that either. Yep, great stuff, guys. Um, great insight on uh, Tuan Zabi in the chat as well. And we will see how the story unfolds there. Uh, we're going to do a bit of squad depth in just a minute, but I'll go to the um, Innovation Labs ad um, first and get your get your input in as we go through this because we'll we'll go through each of the positions and see where we're at. But first, a message from our sponsors. Innovation Labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across Suffolk. Our aim is to foster innovation, entrepreneurship, business growth, and the development of an AI center of excellence in Suffolk. Monthly hot desks are available from just £79. For more info, head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com. Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stonemarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge with more to follow. 
Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The, the intro, Dave, makes me want to bellow out desire. That makes me just want to say entrepreneur. Honestly, think Mike, Mikey sounds better every week when he does that. <laughs> I'm sure he does a new one, new take every single week. I'm convinced. Good. Imagine Rich having to edit a new one every single week. <laughs> right, squad depth. Join us. Um, join us with your opinions on this. Joe, goalkeeper is arguably the one that shifted the most out of any other position in the squad, hasn't it? I've kind of moved from Clagkey, uh, keep it warm until Walton gets back and. Um, I think you might have even said it yourself, Joe. I don't want to misquote you, but, you know, just damage limitation, do as good as you can and um, get Walton back. But um, he, he's done rather well. So how, how do you see that having changed in the um, five games that Hladke has played, Joe? I think it's a struggle to see it as a total change, isn't it? Other than it just gives maybe the fans of McKenna the confidence that we do have a backup that is of a of a high quality, but... I struggled to not see Walton get the shirt back quite quickly because he he was superb. He was a Golden Glove winner last year. In the second half of the season, he, like I say, barely letting a goal, did he? And he, it wasn't just that he pulled out the big saves when he needed them. His footwork improved. And I think he's just, I don't know, he's, he's not that old, is he? Was he 26, 27? I think he's just seen as the but we long-term were, Joe, so, number sorry one. To we were worried about Luton. Signed Tim Krul in the end, worried about Luton taking him before that injury. Yeah, yeah, and I, I do think he's the sort of player that would be looking up as well if 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 he carries on playing as he is. So I think we're in a good position. We've got a sort of a long term number one in Christian Walton. You've got a good backup in Vaslav Hladky, who I think he's only got a year left in his contract. And I don't know, I assume he probably just end up going our separate ways in the summer if he wants to go and play or he stays here if he's happy to be a number two. And then Slicker coming up below them, who's 
done well enough in his two League Cup games and looks like a player that they think he's got a real future, especially with the sort of three-year contract they've given him. He's, I agree with Joe, Dave. He's done himself the world of good, hasn't he? Because at the start of the season, I'm thinking if he were to leave Ipswich, he's going on loan and he's going downwards. Whereas now, if he becomes available, there'll be championship clubs think, OK, I've seen that guy work in the, in the championship. He's done superbly well. You know, full of admiration for the guy, really, because as, as Joe said, you know, Walt was clearly, clearly number one Golden Gloves winner. Golden Gloves winner last season, and I don't think I was alone. And I'm certainly, you know, within our our pod group, you know, when um when it was announced just before the start of the season that um Walton was going to be missing for like well they thought it was seven weeks, perhaps thick end of two months. Pete worked out, gutted. Out of anyone, you'd think Walton and Morsey, you know, that they were the two, and Walton's, and you think, and and yeah, perhaps first ten minutes, bit of a shaky start for him, blessing first ten minutes against Sunderland, but. Since then, he's just pretty much yeah, Leeds game, I guess, apart really. Um, he's sort of grown in confidence and he's he's done really, really well. Um, I think I agree with Joe that, yeah, yeah, Walton is certainly the number one, but yeah, he's 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 giving the manager a a, yeah, a little bit of a, a little bit of a nice problem, I think. You know, no doubt, I think Walton it, it will in time will be will be back in you'll be back in number one as soon as not as soon as he's fit, but we'll be back there, but. Yeah, full of admiration for Lagge. He's done absolutely brilliantly. Stay with you, Dave. Um, words we don't normally associate with you, but not a lot to say about about left back. Not really. He's just <laughs> carried on where he's left off, hasn't he? He really has. Absolute, absolute quality. And again, he's the one, isn't he? He's the one. If we have a, if we have a half decent season, well, we are we are at this moment having a half, more than a half decent season. But if he continues at the continues at this level, yeah, he will be the one that you can imagine going for. Um, potentially a considerable sum um, next summer, perhaps. Hopefully not before then. Who's going to play left-back against Wolves, Joe? You'd guess Brandon Williams, wouldn't you? He's sort of is the the fullback, the reserve fullback, isn't he? And I think that's across, I think, between Clark, Williams and Davis, I think two of those three will start every game at fullbacks. Uh, Stay with you then, Joe. Right-back is... Uh, a bit more interesting than left back. What is what is your take? And um, lots of speculation about um, Harry Clark's foot. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we've obviously signed Harry Clark for a, a lot of money in the January window, sort of comparatively one and a half million for a League One club. But you now look at it and say, like, is he is he a guaranteed starter coming through the through it now with Brandon Williams here? Is, is Williams here to put a lot of pressure on him to maybe come in as the God? It's ruthless, the, isn't it? The right back, isn't it? And <laughs> and that is just the case, isn't it? And I think it will be, I don't know, it's it's very difficult because I think maybe our system has maybe exposed the right back a little bit too much in recent weeks. But you lose that, by the way, on the on the last show, Joe, we had a lot of good comments about that, um, that particular bit of analysis. So well done on that. And, and you, like I say, you lose what is effectively the forward thrust to try and solid, solidify defensively. So... McKenna is obviously happy with it, but is Williams a better defender than Clark? Is it? I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? And then you've had Don Ball play there a couple of times. Genoa Dinashian, who's sort of maybe a little bit of a forgotten man, even though he started most of the games oh. of the season. And then Tuan Zabi can play right back as well. So it's a interesting one, isn't it? I think you mentioned Dinashian there, Joe. I think Dinashian certainly still got a part to play. Very much so. Very much so. Mm. I think so. Yeah, I, I agree with Joe that you do lose that sort of perhaps forward thrust, forward momentum when, you know, when Clark's playing versus, well, when Clark and or Williams to be seen um, is playing instead of, is, is playing instead of Donetsk. But um, 
yeah, Donassian, I think, still probably the best defending right back we've got. But yeah, it's the system, isn't it? <laughs> Dave, we're, we're going to get promoted in three years' time. We're still going to be discussing Caden Jackson and Janoi Dinesh. No, they've well, got, a role, no, they've got a role to play in the Premier League. They're, they're yeah, no, 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 obviously no, not. No, but it, that's a compliment yeah. to him, Dave. No, it is, it is. Brilliant. And I'm sure certainly Dinesh's got certainly a, a, a role once he's fit a role to play this season, very much so. So, Dave, I'm going to guess what you're going to say about centre backs that um, Wolfenden is your, your guarantee. And in the words of the great Brian Moore, it's up for grabs now. Well, it is, but it, I mean, Burgess has come on leaps and bounds, hasn't he? Absolutely has, you know, um, just his, his absolutely, his distribution is uh, just different, different, completely different world to what it was. Well, you mean just from playing in a highly functioning team? Yeah, well, I think, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's got to help. But I think they've worked at it as well. They've clearly worked on him. You know, he's much more confident. Can I just read more... Rob's comment, Dave? Sorry to interrupt. Cam Burgess, 90 minutes for Oz last night. You wonder where he'd be now had McKenna exactly. come and transformed. Exactly. Yeah, they they really comment. worked with him. You know, he I, obviously I remember, came... sorry, in the early days when they were talking about sort of like team meetings and McKenna always made a point of saying how good Burgess was in the team meeting. So he's obviously mm. someone who's really worked hard at the game mentally as well as the actual being being out on the pitch as well. Karen, yeah. No, no, I agree. Um, and I think also he just admired his physicality because he, he just gives yeah, you that. Yeah. And certainly we needed that in a lot of those games, a lot of those games last season, maybe not quite so much this season. But um, yeah, he's the one. You think Wolfenden, yeah, the right-sided position is was pretty much his own, you would think. And that, yeah, that left side about Twins AB is essentially left-sided, left-footed. So, um, yeah, that would that would be the one. But again, you know, you've got then, we, we spoke about earlier, we've got Elkin Baggett. You've got Elkin Baggett there. You've got, um, obviously, George Edmondson still. George Edmondson still there. So, again, we would think with Twins AB coming in and getting hopefully up to speed with fitness, where fairly well covered there what we did speak about though is um is the fact is the fact that now Burgess is now um or played for Australia uh, over the weekend um Baggett and Indonesia um you know are they at some point going to be disappearing for you know internationals yeah there's the um there's the Asia Cup isn't there between Asia Cup yeah sort of the 10th of January and the 10th of February somewhere around there and yeah Australia and Indonesia are both in that so you, you could lose two tall left-footed centre-halves in one hit for a good chunk of time. And it's the yeah. same. And I don't know whether Mas Luongo is maybe still on the radar of Australia. The next Where is friend, that tournament, Joe? Um, I have got it up. I think it might even... It is in Qatar, actually. It's in the old World Cup stadiums in Qatar. <laughs> of course it is. So, <laughs> yeah, so they're there. But Australia and Indonesia are both qualified. So there is a potential that Burgess and... Well, Baggett will definitely be going. And then... So away I mean, from there, Luongo, their next friendly is against England at Wembley. So do, does the Australian manager have a look at him there and when they're training over this side of it? And I don't know. And then Sam Morsey could potentially be away at the same time yeah. with Egypt in the African Cup of Nations. So it's, and uh, Egypt will go deeper in that tournament than Australia and Indonesia would in the Asia Cup, wouldn't they? Well, I think Australia would be one of the favourites. I don't think Indonesia would. They? Okay. Indonesia would be sort of a likely group stage knockout. But someone said in the chat, you know what, you know what a difference a year makes. You know um, all the work that's been put into been put into Burgess, and he's now, you know, now playing for now playing for his country. It's, it's superb, good story that. Um, Joe, central midfield, and I guess it's. I mean, you and I try and bang this drum, and Massimo Luongo is having absolutely none of it. Is he? <laughs> Talk yeah. to us about central midfield. <laughs> well, I. 
you've got Morsey, Luongo, Jack Taylor. I, I guess that's the, the the difficult one between those two. It's like who is going to be the starter at the end of the season. And I said at the start of the season, well, Luongo signed a one-year contract. Taylor signed for seven figures and signed a three-year contract. I agreed. I agreed you, with You'd you. expect that Taylor will be the one that starts the season in the team, but he hasn't started the season in the team. And I think you'd, you'd still expect he'd be the one that finishes the season in the team. But do you do you write off Mas Luongo at your peril? Because he just has <laughs> you been absolutely right superb, off. hasn't yeah. he? And that and just keeps going. I think you've got Lee Evans as a, as a reserve, Don Ball as a reserve. And I don't see those two getting many well i don't really see them getting any starts in the league you might they might be players that are used to help close down games i think they've both done it yeah balls his versatility helps and he did it at sunderland when he came on i thought evans was excellent when he came on i know it was in like the 87th or 88th minute when he came on against cardiff the other week but they've just got to be there ready to play their small parts in it and their, their big part that they play is in training in the week and keeping the, the starters ready really and that's not even mentioning cam humphreys no. Luongo has been absolutely superb, hasn't he? He's just been that player, that rever you know, let's put Broadhead to one side. I think we all had will hope that Broad Broadhead has turned out everything that we hoped he would be. But Luongo has just been magnificent, hasn't he? And him and they just complement each other so well. I just far, far better footballer than I, I ever imagined he 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 would be, Luongo. Uh, D- Dave, if Joe is right that those those two tournaments coincide, they could both be gone for oh, no, absolutely. potentially, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, a few games. And it could then be Don Ball and Jack Taylor, for example. What's your yeah. thoughts on that? You, you, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you have to go with you have to you know go with what you got. But yeah, Don Ball, Jack Taylor, does that complement each other? Possibly different, you know, fairly quite different players. I really liked Taylor last week. Last week, I thought he had, um, when he came on against Cardiff, I think he had like 15 minutes, probably the best I've seen him play. Really got on the ball, used the ball exceptionally well. And you can see there's, well, million pound player, is it? You can see the, you can see the player there. But it's going to take, if he stays fit, it's going to take something to shift, shift the one go. I, I still say that. Okay. Um, right hand side, um, up the front, uh, Joe, and you can kind of parlay into the conversation about Sheffield Wednesday because we don't know whether Wes Burns is is going to be around for that game. No, because he's he's um, he came on and played sort of twenty minutes against South Korea the other night in his usual role for Wales, which seems to be left wing back, which I don't <laughs> know, seems seems strange. But whenever I turn on to S, that sounds like and, a sofa score glitch, Joe. Yeah, but whenever I, I I do try and watch their games, and they're always on with, with my lovely Welsh commentary on S4C, and he is always like left wing back for them. But it, I don't know; it doesn't seem to get the best out of him that role. And he's come out of the squad for the second game. I don't know whether that's just your general international duty pull out of the squad, but he doesn't seem that sort of guy. He seems to be someone who will go there whenever. So you've got him there, and then Caden Jackson has. Also played in that role. He's probably the he's probably the more like for like replacement for Burns, as in someone that can work back and forth down the pitch and beats the man on the outside, makes the runs in behind and goes from there. And then the other option is Amari Hutchinson, where you have a player that maybe against a team who wants to play in a sort of lower block that can get the ball and try and beat his sort of marker one on one, be able to go both sides around him as opposed to just a sort of pure runner who's generally going to favour the outside. So you've got you've got nice options there, I think, in, in those roles. What's your He's take, another Dave? one I thought 
Hutchison last weekend came on with a sort of brief cameo and did himself no harm, didn't he? You know, Dave, isn't it guard. nice to be able to drip these players in? Oh, it's just fantastic, mate. We just haven't had it, have we? So it's it's, it's great that we're we never able to have this conversation, for goodness sake, yeah. Um, what about the 10 position then, Dave? <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, for for me, it's this Chaplin, or however you want to, however you want to dice it up, really, but it's Chaplin, isn't it? Joe? Yeah, Chaplin, yeah. yeah, of course it is, yeah. Well, Luco's not really putting any pressure on him in that <laughs> role, is he? And I, I I don't know who else is there to, maybe does Dane Scarlett potentially play as a 10 sometimes well, to somebody? Because oh, it whilst it is a 10, it's almost a second striker, isn't it, where you're someone who's just trying to get in into the box on that second line for cross. Edge of the box, yeah, 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 yeah. Shots in there, isn't it? So yeah, in that pocket, yeah. Maybe Scarlett is somebody that might be able to put a bit of pressure on there because that is somebody who needs to be able to score goals. And I don't see anyone else in the squad that could do that other than sort of broadhead, but you sort of take him away from where he's good. Uh, front left, uh, Joe. And then that is broadhead. Or, I don't know, Marcus Harness, but he hasn't really put as much pressure on or any real pressure on Broadhead, as he just because Broadhead is, seems to be on a sort of total another level to well almost any forward player in our squad, it seems. But it was interesting to note in the Leeds game, that, oh sorry, in the Cardiff game, that when Scarlett was fit, or so when Scarlett was signed, he was in there and Ladapo was in there, and Marcus Harness wasn't named amongst the nine substitutes. So it is a case of who is is he going to play there? Is he actually? even going to be a bench option or is he just somebody who is the broadhead replacement but will only come in if broadhead's not fit at all and we try and sort of jig it around from there i don't know it, it i don't know I, I like harness i thought he had a really good start to last season but he's, he's probably one that maybe hasn't kicked on as much as you'd like him to from that original one which is probably part of the reason why we signed broadhead and probably one of the reasons in terms of kyle edwards going out as well i think we said harness seemed to have won that Won that fight, Dave, if it was a 50-50? Yeah, yeah it kind of surprises me. I, I think perhaps because perhaps Marcus Harness has got, has got perhaps one or two more strings to his bow than Kyle Edwards. You know, I thought I really like Kyle Edwards. But, um, yeah, you know, a player that age um, needs to get out, play, playing, you know, playing games, not just coming on for, for small sort of cameos, really. I think uh, there, is, there is an element as well that Kyle Edwards was signed by Paul Cook in that yeah, in that yeah. first summer for a free transfer. He's got one year left in his day where Marcus Harness was a £600,000 signing when, Port, when we had... Best, Portsmouth's best player. Yeah, Kieran yeah. McKenna was here at the time. Sam Williams, head of recruitment, was here at the time. Gary Private, the sporting director, was here at the time. Obviously, Mark Ashton was here. So that is very much a signing made by the management team that's in the building now. So they're always are going to give that player the benefit of the doubt because they wouldn't have signed him otherwise. So I think it's... There's a lot of factors at play there. Maybe Edwards did do more, but then Harness never seemed to sort of get over that injury he picked up, did he? And from there, and I'm, I'm sure he'll come up with some valuable contributions this season. He didn't, Joe, but as I said, I think Harness is perhaps just more of a rounded player. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we'll stay with you, Dave. Um, what's the hierarchy in the number nine position now, especially with um, Scarlett in the building as well? Interesting one is George Hurst, isn't it? I think George Hurst is your, is your focal point up there. Um, obviously, he's sort of obviously carrying a carrying an injury. Um, what lasted half an hour last weekend and looked in some three game three game week coming up as Joseph. Yeah, well. looked in some looked in some discomfort. Um, and in typical McKenna fashion, you know, at, at the moment everything he seems to be touching turns to the proverbial gold stuff. Um, the Dapo comes on and and you know <laughs> and turns out to be the turns out to be the match winner. And then of course 
um, in the window. We've got, uh, you know, the long, obviously the long, much admired by McKenna, um, Dane Scarlett. So, um, yeah, if everybody's fit, it's, 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 I think pretty much everybody would agree. I think George Hurst. And then, um, again, it's what options is horses for courses again, you know, coming on the bench, Ladapo, you know, we saw what Jackson did against, um, what's your Jackson did against Stoke. Um, and obviously, you know, he signed Dane Scarlett on a, for, for a year, um, for a year's loan. Um, he's going to, he's going to hopefully get, get a chance at some point. Again, that Wolves game's a nice game coming up. I think where these players will, will get the start. Joe. I agree, agree with Dave on that one. I, I do think well, the hope is surely that Dane Scarlett can press pressurise George Hurst a little bit and try and pick up his share of the minutes in that in that first point. But we'll see. Ladapo, he's, he's a difficult player to write off, isn't he? After he <laughs> comes in and scores the goals, and I think he'll, he'll have his role in the games where we're playing against a low block. But I just don't think there is that many of those games this season, unless we really keep flying at the top of the table. Well, there might there might be one um, next weekend, according to um, Wednesday's performance against Leeds. But we will be talking about that yeah. far more on the preview show on Thursday night. And uh, between now and then, you are going to get a wonderful one of our combined eleven videos. Um, Craig has done a combined eleven, uh, which should be dropping on Tuesday for the Sheffield Wednesday game. Uh, whilst I'm in plug mode, of course, we'll be here. This time next Sunday, talking about hopefully a positive result against Sheffield Wednesday, being as we're going to Southampton on the Tuesday night. That would be uh, very, very helpful. So come and join us for that. And come and join us live and in the flesh at the second Blue Monday Live event, which will be at Portman Road after the game, 7.30 start after the game against Preston on the 7th of October. Um, tickets, it's bluemondayitfc.co.uk. Have a look there on our socials. You'll find everything you want there. But I think, Dave, you're a smart guy. You're good with money, aren't you? I know what you'd do. You would take the two-week free trial with Telegram because you get a deal on tickets through the Telegram. It's exactly what you do, Dave. Be, you'd unsubscribe from I'd the be, Telegram. Just I'd unsubscribe to, and subscribe again just, just yeah, for that. Just to do I'd that, be all over yeah? that. All over it, yeah. Yeah, so um, really, really looking forward to that. And, I mean, it probably won't be at the time, but Joe is first against second at the moment, Ipswich against Preston. So um, sounds like a good one to me, right? Yeah, it should be an unbelievable game, a great night. And if we're still in that first or second position at that stage, then there'll be some giddiness going on, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Um, Giddiness ahoy. Um, let's get into um, a little bit of. We don't want to go um, full lock, stock, and barrel review of August, but what what I thought is if we just look at each game and kind of what, what did we learn? What 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 did we find out that we didn't know from this team last year for each of these games? So um, let's go to you first, Dave, and a very very different experience than we were used to on opening day against. Sunderland, where a lot of defending was done, let's just say, and um, can I say a, a fair amount of clinging on 
was done. Is that is that fair on opening day? Uh, I think, I think what did we learn more, at the Stadium of Light? More than fair. Well, certainly, I think what we learned at the Stadium of Light that we're not going to dominate the ball like we did last season. As six, what was it, sixty-six percent possession against? Which last season, let's rank it was absolutely well. Virtually every game was the other way around, wasn't it? So that was that for a start. They started off really quickly. Um, probably should have been one up, shouldn't they? Bellingham was a terrible, terrible miss, but. Um, yeah, we. I mean, I'll, I'll, that that twenty minute spell um, just before Broadhead scored, and that ten minutes or so after half time when we got the second goal, we were excellent. And then, to be fair, we've said before, certain incidents changed the game. At two nil, they have a player, they have a player sent off. Whom I think, whom gets um, second yellow, he's off. And the game kind of changed, didn't it? From then, the crowd got up. The crowd were really felt of great injustice. It was deserved second yellow on Davis. Um, and yeah, we were clinging on. It was, and then of course we got the first. That was the first first day of the new season. Oh, the Sunday, thirteen minutes of time, thirteen minutes of time added on. Um, yeah, and it was back to the wall. And as we said, we mentioned him earlier on. Um, totally indebted to a lad key for that last half save that that got us the three points. But yeah, a, a bit of a um, a, a bit of a baptism of fire, but a um, a notable win, a sort of message sent out to the rest of the division that. Yeah, that, that's a yeah. We all said stadium a light away first up, first game, forty thousand fans in there. It's going to be really, really tough. But you know, we saw it out, showed good character, and um, and got the three points. But it was a um, yeah, a bit a bit of a learning curve that one. I think. Uh, do you agree with that, Joe? Yeah, this is just a lot faster this league, and we're going to need to be a lot sharper yeah. playing out from the back and against the press because some of the presses we're going to be up against are nothing like what we've seen in League One. But just quickly, I was muted because I was reading something. Rob Page has just spoke about Wes Burns, and he said, um, Wes came on and he's tweaked his hamstring. We've got a duty of care to the player and for the club as well, so I think it was too risky to bring him. Oh, he's play. pulled his hamstring, so it's best off to send him back. So he sort of starts by saying he's tweaked it and then finishes by saying he's pulled it. That's on oh, TWTD. Nice. Hmm. That doesn't play well for the next three games, does it? That's three games. too risky to bring him does mean surely that it was... They could have taken him and taken a risk on him, but they've decided not to. So he must be, it must just need some management would be the hope. Yeah, maybe a tweak more than a pull then. Hmm. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, Joe, I think what probably most of the chats, if they disagree with me, would agree that is our best performance of the season was against Stoke. Um, what, what, did we, what did we learn in that game? You kind of learn more from adversity, don't you? But um, an excellent performance. Um, I, it's difficult to say with that one because that was a game very sort of reminiscent of a home game sort of last season where we were just the better side. They sort of couldn't really deal with anything that we had and we just beat them sort of 2-0, flattered, flattered them really, I thought. But I guess what the key thing we learn is that we aren't here to make up the numbers in this league. We're not, we're not here... We're not going to be looking down the table, really, in this league. I'm, I'm not saying we're going to get promoted. We're going to do this. But we're not going to be a team that's in, involved in that relegation battle at the bottom of the league, which mm. some newly promoted clubs would expect. I don't think many expect it of us when you looked at the bookies' odds, the predictions, the experts, and what they were saying from there. I think most people expect us to be at sort of at the, at the worst, a sort of mid-table club. And I think that is probably what that game showed, that we are too good a side just to be dragged down to that bottom part of the league. Dave? Yeah, agree with that. Yeah, just a solid performance. Interesting enough, again, second game we didn't, um, I think Stoke had more more possession than us that game, I think. Um, 
but yeah, a really, really solid, solid performance. Got the early goal in that game, didn't we? The the um, Wolfenden header, and yeah, just saw it out quite comfortably. Doing really, didn't we? Um, Dave QPR, um, which was I don't know, I don't know which word to use um, to describe that particular method of of of, of winning. But um, if I can chip in there, that was. That was definitely, in my head, I kind of learned, I've said this quite a few times now, that winning momentum counts for a lot sometimes, doesn't it? That that was a coin flip game that QPR probably deserved something from, but it's a team that's used to winning versus a team that's used to losing. And Dave, I think... Always prevails, yeah. Yeah, and I think the thing that really is crystallising with me is that's not going to happen in November. You know, you're... Everyone's gonna have kind of caught it up a a little bit, and um, yeah, you you can you can win a game fine margins anytime, but that particular way. Sorry, I'm answering for you, but what's your take? No, I think if you're a QPR fan, you were sort of and, and Ainsworth said much the same, and I tend to agree with his comments after the game. They were pretty hard done by in that game. You know, they had the the, the ridiculous double post hit in from Armstrong in the first half and a hell of a chance from about two yards out before before Chaplin scored. But you're spot on, you know, momentum, you know, you've got that momentum against a team that hasn't got any form at all or not much form. Um, and, you know, that team with momentum in these tight games always seem to come out on top. So you've got that belief, haven't you? And sure enough, you know, Chaplin pops up with a goal, what, 75th minute, something like that. And um, I think, again, after that, we saw it out reasonably, reasonably comfortable reasonably comfortably but um yeah i think rode our luck a bit in that game the other thing i was gonna say about that game joe is that was one where I, and I, i'm broadhead's biggest bloody cheerleader that was one where i was like broadhead's not going to win us every game he was kind of like yeah. quiet in in that game and even i would say even in the first half i was kind of I, I sat there and i went oh it's not quite happening for for him him today so you've got to find different ways to win as well joe haven't you you're muted <laughs> I think that game probably shows us that there's sort of there aren't going to be easy games in this league, and I know I know we should expect that. But there was a lot of talk about how much of a mess QPR were in. They were, we were just almost, we almost just had to go there and turn up and beat them, and that would be there. And all of a sudden, you go there and you see sort of Sinclair Armstrong and Elias Chair, and it's like, oh no, every team has got good players here. That if they turn Spend. it on, you, you're going to struggle to deal with and. Mm. There were times we struggled to deal with it. I don't think there was any sort of complacency or anything that we went into that game with, but I think there was maybe even from the fans, there was sort of an expectancy that we're just going to go there and win that game. Maybe not like being 3-4 or anything like that, but I think had we not won that game, I think that would have been pretty disappointing and you really have to earn each victory in this league, don't you? I think perhaps we just we perhaps underestimate Sinclair Armstrong's actual physicality actually on the ball (laughs) there. He was in beast mode, wasn't he? Absolute beast mode. He was, wasn't he? Uh, Joe, we will stay with you. Um, other than that, the transfer, championship transfer window is absolutely stupid and we're going to be the only team to face this front line. <laughs> Although, again, we did get lucky the previous week when Sam Field and um, Armstrong both went out of that game. But what did you learn um, from Ipswich 3, Leeds 4? I think I learned that we can go toe-to-toe with the best teams in the league in that, in that one. And whilst they beat us and they beat us fair and square and they've got serious quality. We, it wasn't like they just totally shut us out. And there's been some games and I'd even considered games in league one against teams like Rotherham in previous years where we just haven't laid a glove on them. And there, there are teams in this league that you think should be good enough to, 
stop us from doing that. Maybe when you look at the Southampton squad or the Leicester squad, that if they get it right, they're going to be very, very difficult to stop. But I just think that with McKenna in charge and the squad and the system we've got, we're, we're going to trouble every team in this league. And yeah, we're not going to win every game. We're not going to not lose a lot of games, but we are, we're going to trouble every team. And I think Leeds came out of that one. Yeah, they got the victory, but the victory was almost because they had a player who was sort of pushing for a move, another player who was who has subsequently left, a player they'd signed for eight million quid the day before. And it's just like how you can't compete with that level of quality, sort of man for man. And I say you've got a eighty, a hundred million pound front line there, haven't you? And um, it was it was too much for us. But they they had the quality to take their chances and we didn't quite have the quality to take our chances when it mattered and but I say we went toe to toe with them. And ironically, that Jorginho, who I thought was absolute Ben hates this, virtually unplayable on the day. He, <laughs> That's he was a on the day. That's on a the Blue Monday classic. There it is. He was brilliant <laughs> on the day. And ironically, I watched the highlights against Sheffield Wednesday and he couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo, could he? He was terrible. We said it we said it in the in the pub before and Ben called it. He said, Crikey, look at this front four. He said, We are gonna have our hands full today. And yeah, so it proved. But Joe's right, we went toe-to-toe with him and could easily, you know, on balance a chance in the second half, could easily have got a point out of that game. But yeah, I think we yeah, you take positives from that game. This is the most nerdy claim to fame, but how many people in the known universe? Because I was at Watford Sheffield United last year and saw Saar, Dennis and Jao Pedro, which only happened in one game. Oh, wow. Transfer window. And I was also present to see Piro, oh, uh, Sinistera, Nonto and Ruta. I wonder how many yeah. people in the world were at both of them. I'm sure there there's somebody go. else other than other than me are at both of those both of those games. Um, and Dave, we'll stick with you. And I think we, we know the, the narrative because we brought it up on the, on the pod last week about the Cardiff game. But... Um, we haven't seen this team win a game like that um, before, have we? No, we haven't. No, great, as we said, showed great character. Um, uh, as we alluded to, Hurst goes off after half an hour, clearly struggling, um, uh, thinking who's going to come on because the previous games there had been Jackson, but you know the depot comes on and, and ends up the you know, just ends up the match winner. But I think, um, and I think we gave a nod to the um, quite strange tactics by the uh, the Cardiff manager at, after the first goal, going into certainly you know be from having that having that focal point of Mate up front who was having a really really good game um, just to go sort of five four one pretty defensively and just invite us on, costing the game really, and and just gave us that confidence, didn't it? But it needed to be well. Again, we should give a mention. It needed something pretty special from Broadhead to get us um, to get us back in the game. And you mentioned Broadhead against QPR, and really up to that point, it'd been largely anonymous in that game. But really, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I think I think so. I think we said about the free kick it had about a few minutes before we hit the yeah. wall and then sliced that out virtually for a throw. But yeah, you just got it's just a special player, just special special player, and yeah, that got us back in the game and. Um, yeah, helped. Helped. No, no, no small. Uh, in no small terms, by um, I think by the Cardiff manager there. Yeah, Joe. That's what good players do, isn't it? Broadhead. Broadhead did that. I think we also learned that. Um, it, I'm going to be really patronising the Cardiff now, but even teams like Cardiff have one or two absolutely class players at this level, don't they? And it is that. It is that quality, isn't it? So even when a team is coming in and sitting in, and they have sort of like ten men behind the ball almost for the for the whole game, and just so difficult to break down. But most teams, previously, when we're looking at teams that do that, once you 
once they get the ball off you, they sort of tend to give it back to you relatively quickly. With this time, when you've got uh, they get the ball back and there's a sort of perfect pass up to Carl and Grant, and then you've got Aaron Ramsey Ugh. bursting through the midfield. It's like, oh, actually, this is this is a very very different threat. The t- the teams that sit back, they sit back and they can counter you, as opposed to sit back and hope to counter you. They were decent. They were really decent at times in that game. I mean, at two nil, we were done. We were done in that game at two nil. But yeah, they were. Um... Yeah, good on the eye. Good to watch, weren't they, Joe? As you said, well organised, really well compact. But yeah, played some well. It would do with Ramsey sitting in there. Played some really nice football, I thought. 100%. Um, Right, guys, that is uh, what we've learned so far, game by game. Just in terms of the actual full block. And by the way, get your questions in now. We'll go to Q&A. I can see a few have come in, so feel free to copy and paste them and put them in again already. We'll go to um, Q&A for those watching live on YouTube for the final 10 minutes here. It, guys, in terms of my what have I learned from the first month, I'm very hung up on this idea of promotion momentum. That's really in my head because I do remember even like Tony Mowbray's Blackburn, their first season. I remember Neil Critchley's Blackpool um, sort of being like fifth or something by – and that was into October. So I'm, I'm really, really into that. and. Um, I think I was a little bit turned off by all the high predictions and and whatnot and wanted to see it for myself. And so I, I'm kind of torn between hoping that the predictions were all kind of on the right side and a little bit worried that there's going to be catch up and some kind of natural gravitational pull downwards. So I think that's kind of been my, my, my learning and just so pleased that the team that was built in League One is the team that we're essentially, you know, that's the, the bulk of what we're trying to do. What, what, what's yours, Dave? Do you know when you talk like that, Ben? I always I describe it as your Shrewsbury complex. Yeah, that? <laughs> yeah, 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 right, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, look, I agree. I think, uh, yeah, I think largely I'd agree. I think, look, we'd have all looked at these first five games and if, if, if we'd have said, look, coming into the first international break, would be sitting second on 12 points. I mean, I think it's just beyond beyond all our sort of hopes and expectations, really. Um, and yeah, the, the momentum certainly is, you know, certainly is such a such a huge thing. And, you know, as the Cardiff game showed last week, we've still got that in, despite the Leeds result, we've still got that in spades. And there's a lot, a lot of character in this side where, you know, in previous seasons, you just haven't seen that. Strong characters in the side as well, right through the side. Joe, what's your kind of um, monthly summary takeaway in terms of your learning i think the probably the key thing for me is we obviously scored 101 league goals last season and that is the thing that is hardest to to carry on doing scoring goals as you go up higher levels and and we we've just sort of carried on where we left off really on the on the goal scoring side of it and good point we've, we've had goals from all over the pitch from from off the bench from Sort of different different players, different players playing different roles in there. So, I think if you score goals, you've always got a chance in in games, haven't you? And we have we we're gonna we're gonna be there or thereabouts because we will we will score goals. Right, get your questions in. Um, here we go. We always get one about these. Um, Philip, given the controversy surrounding the away priority point system this season, do you think the club should change it to make uh, tickets more accessible to those who don't? 
have a season ticket. There you go. Who wants I just, that? For, I might just need a clarification on that. Gotcha. Just, because I, 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 <laughs> I thought the, I thought the like, whole point on. of this is After that you. That's controversial. you're now gotcha. like members, aren't they? You're, you're now like a member as opposed to a season ticket holder. So I, I, I thought the whole point is that away, yeah, for away matches, the season ticket holders no longer have any priority purely by being a season ticket holder, where last year, if you had a season ticket and a gold card, you were number one priority. And if you didn't have a season ticket, you couldn't have a gold card. So you could only have a silver card. So you were down the queue. Where now it's, it's to do with how many... So the, the away tickets are almost totally separate to the home tickets now, I, from from what I gather. So I don't... So it's, it's, it's points from last season, yeah. initially. And then yeah. your membership kicks in. I well, you have to have a membership to have points. Okay, okay, right. Yeah. So it's points and membership. Um, but if you haven't, even if you haven't got a certain number of points, I guess I'm not quite sure because you can have a. So here's the thing: you can have a membership without any points. Does that then take precedent over a season ticket? No, I don't. I don't think season ticket gives you anything on a way. Right. Matches. Okay. Oh, well, other than yeah. other than you get priority before general sale, of course. Yeah, before general. Yeah, sale. yeah, yeah. Okay. All yeah, I'll yeah. say is, come, come if you're sure. Use my tactic. Come and sit with me in the home end, and um, you know if, if you really, really, um, really want a last resort. Actually, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> um, Michael, do you think we will have any games this season that will be easy? Can I answer that? We will. I don't know what they'll be, but we'll get somebody when they've just sacked the manager or something, and they're an absolute mess, and you know someone suspended, and you know they're in. Um, as the great Harry from Bath um, said, owners relegate clubs, uh... chaos relegates clubs and we'll get one of them at, at some point every team gets a nice nice lucky one i'm going to lead off on this one um as well who has been the best opposition player from our game so far we already mentioned sinclair armstrong who absolutely terrified me for um the hour he was playing there um any other answers there joe well dave mentioned but i thought ruta for leeds was excellent Jorginho ruta up front i thought i, I loved watching archie gray in the midfield at his age but I think part of that is because he's seventeen year old, and obviously yeah. Aaron Ramsey. Oh. He didn't. He, he didn't affect the game massively, but when he did, he was class. Yeah, thing of beauty, balls, yeah. Ram, Ramsey was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'd agree with all of those. Definitely. Yeah, I was, I was impressed with. Yeah, more that he's sort of maturity on the ball, young Gray. You see, you can see there's a brilliant player there, isn't it? And as and as we understand from Leeds, from welcome you guys, more to come from that um, from that family. Um, Horse Hellera, have teams been underestimating us so far, or am I just not used to another team trying? It's got to be the latter, hasn't it, Dave? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for it's sure. Nice yeah. to have some open games, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's really good. I mean, the, I think I thoroughly enjoyed every single game. I mean, the Stoke, even the Stoke game, although you know we said ultimately perhaps we won it reasonably comfortably. That was still a good game. Of, that was still a really good game of football. And yeah, certainly the Cardiff game, well, let's put the Leeds game to one side. That was excellent. But the Cardiff game last week, Cardiff, I thought were, were really decent and just, yeah, superb entertainment. Um, Nick, question for Ben. Why do you see that pattern logically with potentially performing just as well? Um, I don't know what you mean there, Nick. Nick, can you reword that? And I'll I'll try and answer it. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I, I spout a lot of dribble during these shows. And there's obviously one specific bit he's picked up on there, which I... I can't remember what I said. Um, guys and Phil, there's not sure there's controversy. Away points, a lot being made. Is, let's face it, it's all about one game, Norwich. Make Norwich first come. I said, do you know what? I don't really want to go to Norwich anyway. If it, if the home horrible, game makes me horrible. stick in the stomach enough. I, you know, I <laughs> might be quite happy if I miss the ticket for that one. Uh, David, question. Without injuries, what do you think the starting lineup will become the end of the season? Right, I'm going to have a go at this first. Go on, Walton. 
Davis, two and Zabi will have gone to three at the back because McKenna's like too clever, too cool for school. Um, two and Zabi, Wolfenden and Burgess. Um, Cl- Burns, um, he'll play right wing back. Um, Morsi, Luongo, Taylor, and he'll play two up top. He'll play Chaplin and um, Hurst. There you go. There's a complete future gamble there. We'll have gone 3 5 2 by the end of the season. Wow. Dave? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Pleased to see you keeping Luongo in the uh, complete keep Luongo in the side. And yeah, you could you could perhaps see a midfield three that three really working with Taylor. Yeah, I like the look of Taylor. So yeah, I can I can I'd pretty much go along with that, I think. Uh Joe? I wonder whether okay, so I'll go with Walton in goal, the sort of usual back three, but I'll have Brandon Williams, Wolfie, and two and Zabi. Wing back of Wes Burns just seems to be the great survivor. So I think he'll (laughs) stay in the team there on one side, Leif Davis on the other. I think Jack Taylor will be into the team by that point. So it'll be Taylor and Morsey. And then I guess that boring, the Chaplin Broadhead Hurst in front of those as well. So we'll see. it's an impact. I can't believe people are saying, no, this player, no, that player. We're predicting the team at the end of the season when there have been another another 38 games and probably seven injuries we don't know about. By the way, guys, we'll have signed a player that you don't know that will probably be in the team in, in January nice, as, as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, don't give me that pedantry in the comments. Um, keep the questions coming. We've got about two minutes left. Michael, do you think Morsi will get a yellow card in every game? Because he won't, Dave, will he? No, hopefully, hopefully not. Wouldn't like to think that. He can't possibly get a yellow card in every game, can he? Every game well, he plays, perhaps. Every for, game he plays, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, what's he on at, what's, what's he on at the moment? Three? Three, four, three. three, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe that, maybe that um, break will do. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, maybe. Do you remember when Ben Pearson played for Preston? I think Preston. he managed to get 15 and get to the... A Rottweiler, wasn't he? Yeah, where, where you, like, get a five match ban or something for the for the yeah. um for the 15th yellow card or something i mean when, when you think last season it, incredibly that that span of time he spent on nine bookings was just incredible so he, he can um well mind you that was league one he was strolling most of those games to be fair maybe we just need to tell him he's on nine already yeah maybe, maybe that's what it is <laughs> yeah can't afford one more sam there you go um brilliant stuff in the chat guys that will do for the q a um joe Period ahead now. What what are you kind of looking forward to, and what what are your thoughts on this next? It will be the next international break quite quickly. I think it's like it is. I think it's the Blue Monday Live. I think it's October the seventh. Yeah, that's the last. Another sort of six games, and then we're 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 yeah. stopping again. What are you looking forward to? I think just sort of building on the start we've made, and hoping to still be pushing around the top of the league at the, at the next stage. We've got. I would say we've got a fortunate or run of fixtures, but we've got quite a nice run of fixtures coming up. Ones that you'd expect to sort of pick up points like Sheffield Wednesday away, Blackburn at home. Mm. Those 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 games coming up, we haven't. We sort of. I know we have got Southampton away, but they they still seem to be settling into the new style. So we, I think just got a real chance to just push push on from where we are, and we're going to need to be relentless near the top if we do have any ambitions getting into that top six. You've really got to push on, don't you? At, at this stage, when we've got the momentum still. Dave, uh, I want to mention that Southampton game. So there's been 22 goals in Southampton's five games so far. And as Joe pointed out, we're banging in two per game well, as well. Been, that, been... that could be... Do you remember a 3-3 draw on a Mark Venus um, Thunderlooper? That was a good goal, that was. Wowza, Rudy. That's still going up, isn't it? That's still going up. It's somewhere <laughs> in, in orbit right now, orbiting Mars. 
Um, Dave, what are you looking forward to leading into international? Yeah, I am. I mean, it'd be nice to get three points out at Sheffield Wednesday. So we almost got so not free hit as such, but it does give you that. No, what you mean? Um, yeah. yeah, and if we can, if, if we can come out of, if we said it last week, you know, if we can come out getting, getting in towards well, probably Monday live the next international break, pretty much still around two points a game. I think everybody would be, um, everybody would be more than pleased. But yeah, that Southampton game apart, Joe's right. There's some. Yeah, games where you'd think you'd hope to pick up some a decent a decent amount of points, but it's crazy. Look, look at the results last weekend in this division. It's absolutely mental, isn't it? <laughs> it is right. absolutely crazy. So you just can't you just can't call it really. But um, I agree with what you said earlier. I saw I think extended highlights of that Leeds Sheffield Wednesday game, and um, yeah, Leeds missed chances, but Sheffield Wednesday looked a lot more compact and sort of solid, really. They can't so. do that. I mean, we'll discuss this on Thursday. Joe, they're not going to do that at Hillsborough, are they? You wouldn't have against, against the, <sighs> a team they finished one place behind last season. I, I don't think I don't think it would work if they tried to go that way no. against us. And then I, I just well, the fans would not be happy with it, would they? They would absolutely uh, not. No, uh, right. The, so. the mood is not great in the camp of amongst Sheffield Wednesday fans at the moment, as it is. So. I'd, I'd like to see them try that. It would help us. It is not. Um, guys, Tuesday, I think, um, Craig's Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday combined 11. On Thursday, we will be back with the live show. Dave's got his hand up. I was just going to say, just thinking about Craig, Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich, Steve Witten may make that team. But oh, I, mean, no, I, no think, I think there is a chance, yeah. No spoilers, <laughs> well, I don't think we need. I don't think we need spoilers for that, but, you know, anyway. Okay, fair enough. Um, And we'll be back this time next week. Please, please, guys, we would absolutely love to come uh, or love for you to come and see us after the Preston game. Uh, You can head into BT's bar and I think Ipswich Town are going to lay on some extra food there at that point as we're turning around the room, as they would say, at a wedding. Um, And we will kick off festivities um, in the Bobby Robson, Sir Bobby Robson, uh, at 7.30. So we would absolutely love to have you with us. So please do check that out, bloomanitfc.co.uk, to buy your tickets, support the podcast. Um, we love doing these live events, but they are a bit um, squeaky bum time as you're trying to sell tickets, as you can imagine. So please do get involved. And if you um, are a Telegram member, you can get yourself um, a bit of a, a bit of an offer and... I'll be completely honest with you. I can't quite remember what the offer is, but um, uh, it's on our social. What, what is it, Joe? Save, you save £2 off your ticket. There you go. Save yourself £2. Can we do that as a percentage rather than £2? It will save... 20%. T- 20% sounds way more than <laughs> way more than £2, doesn't Brilliant. it? Brilliant. That's just my marketing prowess coming in there. I'm <laughs> basically the Mark Ashton of this, <laughs> this parish, aren't I? Do, do I want to do that? Um, right, before I ramble myself into trouble, last word from you, Dave. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for listening. And um, here's the three points at Hillsborough. Joe? Yep, congrats to Sam Morsey getting back into the Egypt squad and getting his first cap in five years for them as well. So it's really, everything is positive about the club right now. Do you know the words to walk like an Egyptian, Dave? They're a bit weird, aren't they? An Egyptian. Yeah, and the women's team went to MK Dons and won with an 88th-minute goal from Natasha Thomas today. So I think they were struggling to break them down, but just managed to get get that over the line for three points. I love an 88th-minute goal. Beautiful stuff. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, and we'll see you very soon on another Blue Monday podcast.
Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.